the Lord has put on my heart tonight to talk to you about we're, we are a three-part being. That's who we are. We're a spirit. And it's good for us to just say, I am a spirit. I am. That's who I am. That's the real me. That's the real you. We're not a body. We're not a soul. We're a three-part being that God made by his design. He made us in his likeness and in his image. He made us with purpose and a plan within his heart. We're the only creation that God made that was to be made like him. The Bible says in Genesis 1.27 that he made, God made man in his image. When we think of the word image, you think of mirror. You think of a reflection. And that is the heart of God. That's how you were made. That's how we were created by God to reflect him, to look like him, to act like him, to talk like him, to think like him. If you think about God and when he made us, he made us with purpose. Each one of us with purpose. He made all of creation. He made creation for man and for man's enjoyment. I think of what value that God has put on mankind, his love for man. He made man for his enjoyment, for his pleasure. He made you with purpose, and he wants fellowship. He wants you to know him, and he wants to know you. And he made us to have a spirit, a human spirit. And by design and by choice, He's, this, is, this is the only creation that God made, that he made with the spirit that he said, I'm going to live inside of them. I want to be a part of them. Holy Spirit lives inside of us because it's to fulfill the purpose and the plan, the design that God has intended for us. We cannot fulfill the plan of God in our lives without him. So the heart of God tonight wants to share with you that you're important to him, that he values you, that he's put thought into each one of our lives. And it's for him to be a part of that life, for him to lead us, for him to guide us into all truth and to, to, to fulfill the plan of his kingdom upon the earth. And so it's important for us to understand that we are an image and we are to reflect God. And in um, John chapter 3, verses 2 through 8, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. Nicodemus came to him by night. He's recognizing that, that Jesus is from God because of the works that he has done. And he, he's telling Jesus this. And Jesus replies in verse 3, he says, Truly, I tell you that no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. And Nicodemus says, how can somebody be born when they're reborn when they're old? How can somebody come from their mother's womb? And Jesus replies to him again with the word truly. And you know, the word, word truly is truth. And truth is going to set us free. And understanding and knowing the truth about how God feels about you and who the real you is 
You are a spirit. You are a spirit being made in the reflection and in the image of God. And Jesus here is speaking and telling Nicodemus of a truth. And the truth is this, that you must be born again. Jesus came as our substitute because of sin. So he bore our sin. He was our substitute. And we call upon the name of Jesus. Woo! There's power in that. There's power. There's transformation in that. We become born again. Made of his spirit. Made of his likeness. Back to the original design and intent. To have relationship with God our Father. It's beautiful. And so in verse 5, he says, Truly, I tell you that no one can even enter into the kingdom of God unless they're born of water, which is from their mother, and born of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit, he gives life. He gives birth to Spirit. Holy Spirit has made himself alive in you and in me when you called upon the name of Jesus and got born again. He says this, Jesus explains, he says in verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. In other words, you can hear and you can feel and you can see the effects of the wind, but you can't see the wind. And he says it's likened that way with being born again, born of the Spirit. In other words, I can't see my spirit on the inside of me. I can't see the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. But I can tell you, I can have and know the effects of Holy Spirit on the inside of me. He's a witness. And he has purpose. And God has put him there by design. Can you think about this? God, the creator of all things. He can live anywhere. And he's chosen us. That's amazing. He's chosen us us to live in. He's chosen us because he has purpose and he has a plan to carry out. And it's important to meditate and understand the purpose of the Holy Spirit, to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is living, active, and wants to be active on the inside of each one of us that are born again. We are reborn, new, new creatures in Christ. And in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, in two places, I'm going to read by the, the second verse. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16, and it's also found in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. And the Apostle Paul is trying to get through to this church because they don't have the revelation and understanding who they are, what they're carrying. He says, don't you know that you're the temple? You house God. The presence of God is in you. You are the carrier of God. And, and he's trying to tell them, don't you know? Don't you understand who you are? The temple. We're the temple of God. He says, you are not your own. We are not our own. Why? Because we've been bought. We've been paid for with a price. It's the precious blood of Jesus. There is value in your life. God loves you. And he, he sent his son to sacrifice and be the substitute for us. He loves us. He wants fellowship with us. His desire is man. It pleases the Father that you know him. It pleases the Father that you, you, you know who's on the inside of you. In, in John 14, 26, 
this is a very good verse to just meditate on, to look up in the Amplified. It says who the Holy Spirit is, who's on the inside of you, what his job is. He wants to be put to work. He wants to work for you. He wants to help you. He's the helper. He's the comforter. He's your advocate. He's your intercessor. He's your counselor. These are things to meditate on. Who is living on the inside of you? Who wants to be activated when you need counsel? He's your guide. He's your help. He's your intercessor. He goes before the Father to get the perfect plan and will to lead and guide you, me. Hallelujah. He's our strengthener. He's our standby. He comes from the Father in the name of Jesus. He's a gift. In Psalms 23.1, it says that the Lord is my shepherd. And I think about the shepherd. He feeds. A good shepherd's going to feed you, protect you, clothe you, take care of you. This is what the good shepherd does. 1 John 4.4, this is my tra translation. It says, he is greater. He's the greater one. He's living on the inside of us, and he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ, that's something to speak and confess and profess. He's my Lord. He's Jesus Christ living on the inside of me. Jesus is Lord. There's power in speaking that. There's power in confessing that Jesus is Lord over your finances. Jesus is Lord over your mind. Jesus is Lord over your spirit. Jesus is Lord over your job. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord. Jesus is Lord over my children. Jesus is Lord over the people that are unsaved in my family. Jesus is Lord. There's power coming out of me right now. There's power when you speak the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And knowing it's the knowing. It's the knowing. And God wants you to know him intimately. In Psalms 91, 14, it says, because he has set his love upon me. This is God speaking. He says, because the one who has set his love upon me. You know when you've set your love upon God. Because the Bible says in John 1, it says that Jesus is the word. He's the word. And when the scriptures come and you get excited and faith starts arising and you just are, are excited, you, you know that you're falling more in love with Jesus, that you're getting more excited about Jesus because the word is Jesus. He's been made flesh. So in Psalms 91, he says, because you've set your love upon me, this is a promise for those who love God. He says, I will deliver them. I will set him on high, higher than your situation, because he has known my name. God wants you to know him. He wants you to call him out by his name. Healer, savior, master, king of my heart. He wants, he wants to be your provider. He wants to be the good shepherd when you need the good shepherd. He wants you to call upon him as the counselor, as you need that counsel. He doesn't want you to be confused. He doesn't want you to not have answers. He, he wants you to be in perfect peace. And you can call upon his name. Prince of peace. Mighty God. He wants you to know him as these things. When out here your situation is tough. He wants you to call upon his name. He says, those that set 
their love upon me, I'll deliver them. I'll deliver them. Those that know my name, I'll deliver them. Praise the Lord. So um, I believe that the Lord spoke to me the, the other day about, I believe he wants to paint a picture that our spirits are like a canvas, and he wants to paint this on the inside of you. He's there to be whatever you need in every day of your life, and that you carry his presence, that you carry the Holy Spirit, and that's what he's there for. He's to do the work. He's the one that, that stands beside you when you go to work or whatever you're doing. He's there for us. So, um... I want, uh, um, God has given us everything we need in this life, and we're to take our place in authority. I believe that this is a season, this is the time, and this is an hour that the church of God is awakening. The bride of Christ is to take their place. We're to take our place. He, is, he sees us as a church, he says, without spot or wrinkle. He wants us to rise up in power, in authority, in Holy Spirit, and, and, and I want to just speak to you um, about angels tonight for a moment because they're spirit beings, but they have, were not made to have dominion. They were not made to have God live inside of them. We have been made to have dominion, to have authority upon the earth, and to execute God's authority through his word and through the Holy Spirit. And, and in Psalms 103.20, it says that the angels, they're mighty and they're mighty in strength, and they're there to execute his word. They listen for the voice of his orders to be spoken and carried out. So as we get the word of God within us, and we speak forth the word of God to our situations, angels are assigned to that. That's what the angels are. They are spirit beings, but they're not like you and I. In Psalms uh, chapter 8, verses 4 through 6. This is the view um, of an angel. An angel is, is viewing how God sees man. It says, what is man that you are so mindful him, of him? And the son of man that you care for him. Yet you have made him a little lower than God. A lot of translations, they say, a little lower than angels. The, the original Hebrew is Elohim. And that means God, creator. You've made him a little lower than the creator. You have crowned him. Listen to this. This is good. Because this is how we have to have an image and see ourselves. You have crowned man with glory and honor. In the beginning, in the original, in the garden, how God made man, he made him with glory and honor. It says that they were naked and they were not ashamed. And Jesus has reinstated to us, by design, God's heart. We are clothed with glory and honor. The Bible says we are clothed with his righteousness. Over and over it talks about the clothing. Spiritually, we are clothed with the glory, with the presence of God. And he wants us to know that he's clothed us, that we're protected, that we're clothed with glory and honor and majesty from his heart. That's his purpose. That's his design. For us, it says, um, God made, made man with a will, with a choice. He wants us to choose rightly. And in the, for us to choose rightly and have the light upon our path, it's through his word. And, by, and, and, and getting that word in our spirit. Be, he wants us to be led by the spirit. 
we are, we are to be led by our spirit. We're not to be led by our mind. We're not to be led by our emotions or our feelings. God gave us these things, but that's not, they're not to rule over us. They're not to rule us. Um, we're, des we're designed to feed on God's word and to have fellowship with God. Feeding our spirit will produce faith in us, and faith pleases God. Feeding our spirit will cause us to hear from God, to be led by God. This will keep us safe, and it will keep us protected. And when our mind is daily, when our, when our mind is daily being renewed through the word of God, he said he would give us the mind of Christ. We have his thoughts. And then we can, we, that when, when, when we're reading the word of God, we're studying the word of God, meditating on the word of God, we're going to get his thoughts. It's going to give us connection with God. In, in John 15, 1, it says that I am the vine and you're the branches. And the connection comes through the word that leads us. And that word will lead us in love. So God wants to, to lead us through the fruit of the spirit. He wants to lead us through peace. He wants to lead us through joy. He wants to lead us through patience. He wants to lead us through being faithful, self-control. He wants to lead us. I was um, driving to North Dakota a couple of months ago. It was an unexpe uh, unexpected trip. Um, Paul had an emergency. He was injured, and he was out working in North Dakota, and I got a phone call, and he said, come quickly. I'm being rushed to the hospital, and I just jumped in the car, and I had a 10-hour trip in front of me, <laughs> and I, my thought was, Paul's all alone. He has nobody. I got to get there. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm leaving my children. And they're all alone. And then I'm thinking, I'm all alone. I'm, I'm, I'm driving 10-hour trip to where I don't even know, you know. And the Lord, he just rose up on the inside of me. He started speaking. Now, that day, I started just um, looking up the script scriptures of the names of God. And this just rose up in me. Oh, no, he's not alone. They're not alone. You're not alone. I'm Elohim. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Um, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. And I'm telling you, that gave me such confidence and such peace. And I began to drive, and I began to just pray in the Spirit. And I was praying in the Spirit for about an hour, and I got about to Madison area. And I noticed that my prayer language shifted. And um, when, it, when it shifted, I just thought, I'm just pressing into this. I'm just going to, I know God's doing something. My situation hasn't changed. Kids are still back home. I'm still driving, you know, and Paul's still, you know, at, at the hospital. And so what I'm saying is sometimes things don't change. Some things are, are, are sometimes they even get worse. But God wants us to be led by our spirit. And I was just praying in tongues. And as I began to just do that, I, I, I started getting joy. I started laughing. And this peace came upon me. And when I yielded to the joy and I'm laughing and the peace came, then I started getting his thoughts. And his thoughts were, this too shall pass. I said, oh, praise God. And I just started laughing. It was almost like a mocking the devil laughing at him. This too will pass. And then I started saying, and this injury that happened, he will be stronger 
than before the injury. And that's been our profession. That's been, been and so when I got there, he's, he's in a wheelchair, not a wheelchair, he was on a walker for a couple of days, but we, but the anchor was that joy in the car, that peace in the car, and saying, this too shall pass. This, this is subject to change because of the word of God. Getting that word of God. Your spirit is a well. And you need to be depositing, putting the word of God in the quiet, calm time and meditating on that. And that's what's going to come up on the ins- out of you from the inside. And the and Holy Spirit, when you study the word of God, Holy Spirit is mixing faith in there. Holy Spirit is mixing life, rhema, life of that word. And then that word gets executed out. And the angels of God are on assignment because it is a sword. It is your weapon, the word of God. It is your shield of faith. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper because why? The word is alive and it's on the inside of me. And I get it to come out of me. And I profess it and proclaim the truth. Sometimes the truth says I'm sick, but the greater truth is I'm healed by his stripes. And when you speak that and you say that with authority, how God has originally intended us to have and to be, I am to have authority over sickness and disease because of Jesus was my substitute, and he purchased that for us. I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. The purchase has been paid for, and he says to walk in it now. That's the greater truth. Same thing with finances, relationships, anything that comes up against you that that is contrary to God and his word. We need to say, oh, no, 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 and have the word of God come out and come forth. And if you're weak in that area, because I've been weak in that area, I go find the scriptures, and I study those scriptures, and I speak those scriptures, and and I stand on scripture. God is faithful. I want you to know that. God is faithful. Sarah, in, in, in um, Hebrews 11, she herself judged God faithful. And she's in, the, she's in the, 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 the book of faith, the hall of faith, Hebrews 11, because she herself judged him faithful. We ourselves need to judge God faithful. Too many people blame God for things the devil's doing or our flesh is doing. And it's not God. God is a good God. He's the good shepherd. And when we meditate on these things, we meditate on the scriptures. We get his mind. We get his thoughts. And when obstacles come, and they come every day. They come every day. Every day. (laughs) So it's how we handle them. It's how we look at them. I look at them better when I'm built up in my spirit. And so that's just the difference. And when I'm weak, Man, I fall, I'm falling apart. But, but the good news is we run to God and we stay full. You want to stay full. Amen. So um, I want to I uh, go to Genesis 3 because I think this is important. There is a, there is a thief. John 10.10 10 says that there's a thief and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. And to give you power. And I give it to you in abundance. And we have to understand there is a thief. And this is how he operates. And when you understand how he operates, then you can overcome. In the garden, um, 
the, the serpent approached Eve, and it's, he says this. He says, did God really say? And this is important for us to realize because this is what he does now. He wants us to question what God is doing, what God is saying in our lives, and not judge him faithful. And in verse 2, Eve says she knows exactly what God's plan was, that we're not to eat of the fruit in the middle, the, excuse me, the tree in the middle of the garden, not to touch it, or we shall surely die a spiritual death. But anything else, we can touch, we can have, we can enjoy. But the one, we cannot. So she knew exactly what God had said. But him questioning her, and the reason he questioned was because he's looking to bring separation. He's looking to bring division. He's looking for us to disconnect with God. And that's what he does now. And he does it subtly. There's, there's been an experiment with a, with a frog. And they had a boiling um, pot of water. And they put the frog in the boiling pot of water. And... As soon as the frog got in that water, he jumped out. But then they took the same frog and they put it in, like, lukewarm water. It was comfortable. It was nice. He stayed. And then they slowly, subtly, they turned that heat up. And this is how Satan is. He slowly and he subtly brings doubt. He brings fear. He brings arguing. He brings judge, judging thoughts. He brings offenses. This is how he is. And they finally, they got that water to a boil, and the frog boiled to death. And that's what Satan does. He, 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 he just keeps turning the heat up, turning the heat up, and seeing how, how much bait we'll take. And so we have to understand, we have to be full of God's spirit. That's not the way we're designed to follow after him. We're to, we're to follow after him. We're to recognize that when there's division and there's strife and there's um, thoughts going on in our minds and we're reacting to those things, I'm not being led. I'm not following after the spirit. When I'm following after the spirit, I'm following after the fruit of God's spirit, his nature. In Galatians 5.22, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is his love, his joy, his peace, his forbearance, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness, his gentleness, and his self-control. So we need to walk after the Spirit of God. And, and that's, that's how we're led. That's how we're to be led. Um, so my notes are a little messed up. I just wanted one, one more scripture. It's in Jude. It's 19 and 20, and it says this. These are the people who divide you. And a lot of times I've read this verse, and I've thought, well, that's other people. <laughs> but I, when I was reading this this time, I felt like, you know what? That's, the, that's Satan. That's the way he works. That's that putting the heat up just a little. And, and, and how he works is through the works of the flesh. If we, he, we can get, he can get us to be angry with somebody if he can get us to be thinking thoughts about somebody or giving offense, taking offense. These are the works that divide. 
they cause confusion, they cause problems. And the Bible says every evil work is, is there. And so these are red flags for us to say, you know what, I don't want to act like that. And there are times where I'm doing the things that I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying in tongues. I'm spending time with God. And I still feel like I'm just messing up and I'm agitated. And so what I do is I skip a meal or two. And I, it's like I give my, my flesh. It's like, okay, you're, you're not obeying. <laughs> you're getting the time out. And I'm telling you, it gives me a, it does. I love my food. It gives me a reset. It gives me a, a supernatural reset, and, um, and, and, and I don't act like that. But I have chosen to train myself, you're not going to be unkind. You're not going to be like that. And when I feel, you feel that on the inside of you, that everybody's annoying you, that every, or everybody's, <laughs> everybody's mad at you, well, then you need to look at yourself and say, wait, I, I, I'm not reflecting his fruit. I'm not being led right now. And if I'm not being led, I'm not hearing from him. And I want to hear from God. I want to be led from God. I want to I want to, I want who's on the inside of me, be my counselor, be my guide, be my protection. I want the blessing to flow. And in order for that to happen, I've got to check myself sometimes. And, and that's, that's something that, that I've done. Um, so he says that, that there's people who divide and who follow mere natural instincts and they do not have the spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up on your most holy faith, by praying in the spirit. And so the devil is always looking to divide us from the truth of God's word. And when we choose not to build ourselves up by feeding on the word of God, by praying in the Holy Ghost, then we're going to be led by natural instincts. The devil will come and he'll say to you about tongues. For me, um, I was in the car I was about 18, and I, I just asked the Lord, will you fill me with the Holy Spirit? I had heard about it, and I started speaking in other tongues. And as soon as I started speaking with other tongues, the thought that came in my head was, you made that up. And I, was, I had such guilt and such shame, and I said, oh, I'm so sorry, God. And I never did it again. And then a year later, someone prayed over me, and that same language came. And I went, oh, the devil, he lied to me. And talking to several people over the years, realizing he comes and he says, um, that doesn't make sense. Um, that's not re really effective. And that, 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 that's not true. And he will convince people not to do it because there's such power in building yourself up. It builds your faith up. It connects you with God. It causes you to, to the mysteries that you don't know of God's plan makes it real to you, makes it known to you, makes, makes you have a clear path and to be led by the Holy Spirit. So that tells me it's powerful and the devil knows it. And so he tries to convince people like he did with Eve in the garden and confuse them and cause them to have the doubt, cause them to have unbelief, and cause them to lay it down. God does not want you to do that. He wants you to pick it up. He wants you to, to pray in other tongues like I did 
going, going on that car ride. It gave me so, 10 hours in the car and having joy and peace, knowing that my children were being taken care of by, by, by God, knowing that my husband was being taken care of by God, knowing that I was being taken care of, I'm safe by God, that he's got this, that this too shall pass. Hallelujah. So God wants us to walk in the spirit. He doesn't want us to fill, fulfill the lust of the flesh because he wants us to be led. He wants us to know that Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. He wants to lead you each and every day. He wants a relationship with you. He's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for those. He's searching out people. You know, in, in um, corporate praise and worship, there's such power. That's why you see people being healed. You'll have people have testimonies of visions. You'll have people um, have breakthroughs. Creativity comes. So much happens during a sincere praise and worship when you're worshiping from your heart to the Lord. And I really believe that God, he, he says he inhabits the praises of his people. That means he comes and he settles down upon our praise, upon people, and brings Holy Spirit and brings life to us. And I believe that he wants this to be a lifestyle. He's looking for worshipers who will worship him in spirit and truth in their homes, who will worship him in spirit and truth in their car or in the shower or wherever they are. I'm making time for you, Lord. I worship you. I glorify your name. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my healer. Whatever it is, he's looking for it because you were made for his pleasure. You were made for his delight. He wants you to talk to him. He wants you to be mindful of him because he's mindful of you. He's mindful of you. The precious blood of Jesus, you were purchased and bought. You are not your own. We are not our own. And it's a good thing because in this is safety and it's protection and it's guidance and it's victory. It's by design. It's by design. Hallelujah. So I just wanted to make a couple offers tonight that I feel like God wants to is everybody in here filled with the Holy Spirit? They have a prayer language. Do, is there anybody in here that has never been filled with the Holy Spirit? Is everybody praying other tongues? Everybody prays? Is there anybody in here, not to embarrass anybody, but you know what? God wants to impart life to us tonight. God wants, to, wants you to leave here empowered and have a confidence. I told you, a canvas he wants to paint a picture Holy Spirit, you're a carrier of the Holy Spirit. He wants to, you to leave here with more authority, more empowerment, more knowledge of him. And tomorrow, he wants to lead you. He wants to be that advocate. He wants to be that standby. He wants to be your strengthener. He wants to be everything and anything that you need. Hallelujah. Every day of your life. So it, maybe you, you were like me and you put it down. You said, no, I, um, this isn't for me. Is there anybody in here that, that had a prayer language but they just thought, well, it's, it just doesn't work. I don't understand it. So, and they put it down. But they want to pick it up. It's like um, getting a jump start in the, in, with a car, you know, like, and, and, and jump starting the battery and become alive again. Because I'll tell you, praying in other tongues, it just builds my faith and brings an excitement and expectation. It brings confidence. Woo! <laughs> Is there anybody here tonight?
that, that needs that, and we'll just pray for you. And you get that, come on up, come on up, praise the Lord. Praise God, hallelujah. Jumpstart tonight, different tonight, praise God, hallelujah. What is your name? Abby. Abby, what a pretty name. What is it? Ebony. Ebony, ooh, very pretty. Come on, I'm just going to pray for you. Holly, can you come and hold her? I'm going to pray, hallelujah. God loves you by design. Woo! <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can I just get some help? Oh, she's here. I'm 